This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson, head of relations. Uh, I want to appreciate uh, everyone <laughs> uh, that reached out today. By the way, we're recording in the uh, Cardinal Sports Center studio. You can gear up. We're going to meet there on Saturday at 11. I'm going to say 11.10 because I actually do have to work Saturday morning. But as close to 11 as possible, and we'll head to Alton for some Rojino barbecue. So if you want to meet there at like 10.30, do some shopping. The hats are sold out gambling gaucho-wise. Hopefully we'll get some new ones in soon. Uh, but still plenty of shirts, tech clothes. Um, we bought some baseball gear for an all-star team the other day. The, the Dodgers have moved on to the Western all-stars run ruled a team yesterday in the tournament. Let's go. And then they lost to the 14 year old Cooper pirate team. Sorry. I shouldn't say that. They all look older though. It's a 10, 11 league. The, the first baseman who came in to close the game is like six foot two. He had a beard. I am 12. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, they're. They're really good uh, little league team. So uh, appreciate the Dodgers who have moved on and we're rooting for them. Hey, if, if we needed to sue the other team for like plagiarizing their age yeah. and committing fraud, we'd call Barnett, Howard and Williams. Absolutely. BHWlawfirm.com, three Texas tech grads based in Fort Worth, but they do cases all across the state of Texas. And if your select baseball season ends a little bit sooner than you thought it would, you can sign up for a summer camp with Code Ninjas here in Lubbock if you need something else to occupy your time. Gauchos listeners, they get $10 off using the promo code Gauchos at checkout. That's good for $10 off any summer camp at the Code Ninjas Lubbock location. And we also want to say thank you to Diversified Lenders for their support of the Gambling Gauchos. You can try to figure out what they do at diversifiedlenders.com. Longtime sponsor, Diversified Lenders. He would say our first sponsor, but and we will let him think that. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly one of our first, and, and we appreciate him for believing in us. Yeah. Even if he uh, likes to razz Kyle because it's hilarious when he does that. Yeah. It's a little bit dog days of summer, so we don't have a ton to get to. But to account for that, we have two very special guests joining us in the Cardinal Sports Center studio today. In just a minute, you'll hear a portion of our interview with former Red Raider point guard Matt Mooney. Um, he's doing a summer camp in Lubbock this year. The full interview is available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. We're also going to talk to the very first goal scorer in Lubbock Matadors history from across the pond, Luke Jones. So stick around for some of that. But first, Rob, I guess we have to get into the lists. Yeah, man. So we talked about the lists leading up to this week. You've put out the basketball arena one since. Were you prepared? Let me just interview for you for a second. Yeah. Were you prepared for the amount of vitriol that Kansas fans were going to lob at you for putting them second? When the obvious troll job was the eighth place where the Texas Longhorns were not even listed. It was just Texas Tech asterisks in Austin. Right. And you yeah. could have done... Texas take asterisks in Waco. Texas take asterisks in Fort Worth. Even though you didn't win there this year, you were 50-50 in attendance like you always are when you go to Fort Worth games because TCU has a small fan base. Uh, but you chose Austin to do it, which is awesome. But Kansas fans, man, they were very upset. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, it is 8.02 p.m. right now on Tuesday night. And as you were asking me that, I pulled up the Gauchos DMs, and I have this from 7.40 p.m. I'm reading this for the first time, but it's from okay. a Kansas fan. I know where it's going. Yeah. Dog, are you high? Tech don't have the best home court advantage in the Big 12. I will give you all props for going undefeated at home. Okay, that's fair. Thank you. But, but KU has done that a million times. Loudest arena in the country, dog. Bill Self only has like 15 losses at home in his entire career, bro. Rethink that list. That was I, all one sentence. No punctuation. I love the, the stat. Everyone has it different, by the way. The Bill Self has 32 losses in the last 47 years, or Bill Self's lost less home games than he's lost teeth in his lifetime. It's like everyone has the same thing they want to say, but 
All of them are different. None of them make sense. And look, Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse, Hilton Magic, and Texas Tech, all at their best are 1A, 1B, 1C. Okay? But in this moment, in this moment, right now, like Kansas didn't win their national championship at Allen Fieldhouse, right? Yeah. Sure, they're the better team. They won the national championship, but but they did not rise to the level of their fans like Texas Tech did. Are you familiar with Texas fans are as much as part of the game as as anyone else in the country? Yeah, I got you. Are you familiar with what a red herring is? Yes. I also learned some other uh, psychological terms uh, in this thread, like uh, the Cushing Barnett, the Cushing Barrett syndrome or something. Barnett, Howard, and Williams yeah. curve. <laughs> um, yeah. So a red herring is when, like, if you and I are saying that hamburgers are really good, yeah, and somebody comes out of left field and says, "Well, pizza is good," and you didn't, it's like, okay, yeah, but we yeah. were talking about hamburgers, right? So I was talking about home court atmosphere, and everyone comes in with that stat. Well, Bill Self is a great coach. Yeah, I didn't say he wasn't. And the fog yeah. is historic. Yeah, it is. We have a national championship. Yeah, you do. Like, I, I'm Absolutely. not disputing any of this. All of it's but, true. But the the singularity of the atmosphere at Texas Tech last season, and this is not even necessarily my perspective. I mean, it is, but national pundits, the guys calling the games, the guys sent to write about the game said, "Yes." I mean, I'm going to quote our good friend Jeff Goodman, friend of the show. He said, this shit doesn't happen anywhere else. And he said, it doesn't happen at Cameron Indoor. It doesn't happen at Rupp Arena. It doesn't happen at Fog Allen. So don't take my word for it. It's not, that was not even intended to be a, a homer pick troll job like no uh and and my mistake was not specifying right now because KU fans in their defense were like well over the last 20 years or over the last 30 years yeah right. i would have if that was the metric i would have put tech behind gallagher iba uh west virginia hilton all that yes and so had i said right now maybe it would have minimized that to some extent but to answer your question i was surprised only in the sense that like I alluded to on our last episode, this is an art where you put one or two obvious trolls to spark some discord. And that right. was number eight on the list, saying that Tech has home court advantage in Austin. It wasn't the yes. slide at Kansas. No. But to give our listeners a preview, when we rank the best Big 12 basketball coaches, I am now going to put Scott Drew ahead of Bill Self, only because Kansas fans were so outlandish. Because <laughs> now I know what kind you of reaction can't I can do that. Have. You can't do that. I mean, two natties at Kansas or one at Baylor. What's more impressive? <laughs> There's an argument to be had there. He's won 15 Big 12 championships in 20 years. Yeah. I'll, I'll save it for later. But, but Oh, my uh, gosh. Anyway. You should double down tomorrow. <laughs> it, it's funny, too. I've, uh, I've used this with some Kansas fans who are also Chiefs fans, and they like have that in their Twitter bio. I'm like, hey, man, it's cool. We love Mahomes just as much as you do. And they're like, okay, yeah, never mind, man. Go yeah. Chiefs. Forget what I said. <laughs> Well, and like another thing is, uh, and and this is something I never understood with Big Game Boomer because I wasn't actually doing it, uh, and I'm really not doing these. I'm just like getting the replies because I'm also <laughs> logged into the Twitter account. But the amount of you're wrong, you're stupid that you get off of putting up your opinion is incredible. It's it's more than I've ever even got. I've written for seven years on the website. Okay. And I've put up a lot of opinions, but it's usually like maybe five or 10 comments. And, and generally, because I guess I'm writing about Texas Tech, it's like just Texas Tech fans bashing me. But to have an entire fan base at your absolute palm is pretty hilarious. I also just saw that you responded to this guy. Yeah, here's uh, two more thoughts on this. One, it's almost easier when 500 people are coming at you instead of one or two. Yeah, because I would like take a little bit personally if like if the mob wasn't coming after me, it was just one guy was like, hey, this is a really stupid take. Like y'all suck on this episode. I'll be like, well, shoot. Like, I wonder why you think that I want to do better. Yeah. But but when it's 500 people, you have no choice but to have thick skin. And like, it's fun to like play with them. Like you can't it's less offensive and insulting almost when it's that way. But the other thing I was going to mention, Rob, if Texas Tech wins the national championship in football this year and in the following April, some guy on Twitter says something mean about tech football. I will, I will not lose a single wink of sleep over that. I'll be like, dude, I have a natty. You can say whatever you want about tech football. I will die happy. Yeah. 
These yeah. people are not three months removed from a national championship win, and yeah. they're mad at a list on Twitter. More Texas fans brought up 70 to 35 than Kansas did while we won a national championship. In fact, I don't think I saw that from any Kansas fans. Oh, I saw it for sure. A lot? Yeah. I guess mostly I just saw the well, Bill Self is God. Well, I, I guess Wait. not a lot. I mean, and I didn't read through all of them. Maybe like, I but, saw four or five, but. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably what I saw. The Texas fans that said 70 to 35 because the Texas Tech podcast, like, didn't respect Texas enough. I, yeah. I just, it's hilarious <laughs> to me. Well, and I, so I love that because you're big, bad, mighty Texas, right? You have every advantage, every resource, more money than anybody. And the only feather in their cap since Vince Young left is beating Tech in football 70 to 35. That's the whole thing. It's hilarious to me. Uh, and, and that's the last good thing they did last year. Because the rest of the year, they went five and seven and lost to Kansas in double overtime. Yeah, and I, I saw one of them coping. He was like, hey, let's face it. Like, we were both bad at football last year, so we're, we're basically arguing who was worse. I'm like, well, I mean, Tech wasn't great, but we, ho- we hoisted a bowl tro- trophy. You guys yeah. were five and seven because you lost to Kansas watching on your couch. Like, no, Tech wasn't elite at football. We weren't really good, but we weren't on the same plane. And I know you lost that one game, as I've explained before. Head-to-head is a great tiebreaker but you didn't finish tied with Texas last year. So it's right. kind of a moot point. All right. So let's move on to the best throwback logos, because I did not agree with this list that you put together. Okay. Uh, but I'm not going to like, ham- I, I'm not going to hammer your list. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, these on- are lists that you put together. It's your opinion. Well, and on this list, it's, I don't feel strongly about it. So I love probably eight or nine of those throwbacks. Yes. And so I'm not like, it's hard to put any of them number six through nine because I yeah. really like those logos. So I, that, love, yeah. <laughs> I love the Disco OU being last. It sucks. Yeah, it's like they didn't even try. It's word art. The, the West Virginia logo, I don't think I've ever seen that one before, but it's a football only logo. So I would have put that ninth, if not 10th. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like it. Logo. I like the uh, state of West Virginia behind it. but I've never seen the sexy Jayhawk. Really? No. I thought like you the, were going to go with the a- angry Jayhawk that says KU on his chest. So I'll say this. Obviously, most of these programs have been around 100 plus years. And they have more than right. one retro logo. Yeah. And that was sincere feedback we got from fan bases, which I appreciate. They're like, hey, this throwback logo is even better than the one you used. So we have a part two coming out tomorrow or Wednesday with like alternate throwback logos and angry Jayhawk will be on there. Um, some others that people request will be on there and kind of like re-ranks them based on a different set of throwback logos. I like the cyclone that's holding the flag. Do you see, have you seen that one? Yeah. I like uh, that one. The wildcat holding the flag? No, it's uh, it's it's the bird. Okay. I thought bird. that's the one I used. No, he doesn't have a flag here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's a it's- similar bird, but it has the... the- yeah. And then... Nobody, nobody got the tied for fourth thing. I wonder if they even noticed or if they. That's just, the one. That's the yeah. only bit that I uh, contributed, and then nobody got it. Nobody so, got that it was them uh, clearly copying Texas Tech. Yeah, um, I got to say another thing, Rob. Obviously, you and I are diehard Texas Tech fans. I've given the spiel before about got my degree, got my wife from Texas Tech. I, I can't rank tech number one and two on all these lists. Like we can't be that big of homers. And so, right. so we put the dull double T tied for fourth and Raider red of all people quote tweets us looking for beef. He's like, I can't believe you disrespect the double T. Like I was like, man. Yeah. So anyway, there's going to be some lists where tech is in the bottom half because look, it's not going to get any engagement. Other fan bases aren't going to take it seriously at all. They shouldn't take it too seriously, but they're not going to take it seriously at all if Tech is number one on every single one of these lists. Yeah. First of all, these people saying we have no credibility. I don't care. (laughs) I do not care. I do not care if you think that the gambling gauchos have credibility enough to make a stupid effing internet list. They they hadn't heard of us. They hadn't heard of us. Until the day they saw the list. And Hilarious. So, uh, I don't know what the opposite or the inverse of gatekeeping is, but like people on Twitter who feel gatekept, like you shouldn't yeah. be allowed to make this list. I'm like, dude, you can make a list. Of, like literally go into Microsoft Excel, yes. do a screenshot and put it on yes. Twitter. Anyone can do this. Like we're not the New York Times here. 
No. Make your own list. I don't care. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. And I, yeah. I'm really enjoying the list. I know you are too. Yeah. Uh, hey, listeners, if you have a list that you want made, Kyle has very ambitious plans to make 10,000 lists this summer. <laughs> so send in your list ideas. You can DM us. Our DMs are open at Gambling Gauchos. Um, just incredible. Yeah, and we're we, go ahead. We're posting these on Instagram as well, which is connected to our Facebook. Yes. So if you're not on Twitter or just want to follow us across platforms, we're also at Gambling Gauchos on Facebook and Instagram. All right, before we move on to a, a few other, do you have the next list you want to tease or? Um, so I tease the other um, the throwback, throwback, logo. throwback part two. Um, I don't know is what's there another. Is there another? You can do like a Dirk West Raider Red. Yeah, so I am going to start making some Texas Tech-specific lists. Um, I don't want people to think that I'm like pitting Red Raiders against each other or whatever, so I have to be careful on that. But um, I've got several in the hopper, several in the drafts. Right. I don't know what I'll post Thursday, Friday, but we're going to try to do one every day, Monday through Friday. All right. Before we get into the next list, because I want to ask Kyle about a list I'm creating, uh, let's listen to Matt Mooney and – the opportunities he has coming up at not only the Matt Mooney camp, uh, but also his foundation that he's been working on. All right. Fourth annual Matt Mooney basketball camp coming up in August. Tell us about that, man. Yeah, man. My fourth one. Um, I, uh, yeah, I love doing it. Um, this year is going to be a four day camp. It's going to be August 8th through 11th at the Lubbock Christian recreation center. Um, it's a beautiful facility, beautiful facility. They got four new brand new courts uh, last summer in there. Um, so we'd be doing three sessions, third to fifth uh, boys and girls, six to eight boys and girls and nine to 12 boys. Um, and yeah, it's going to be four days. Um, so this year, I, I feel like every year I learn some stuff and uh, you know, so I've learned from my first three camps. I've got it under my belt and um, you know, I've got some great people coming and helping me. Um, I got some great sponsors in the community who are helping me get kids in who can't afford the full price. So um, that's something I struggled with the first two years is just the organization of it because I wanted to get kids in, but I didn't know the system to do it. And, um, you know, now we got to set up like, you know, I'm partnered with some great people in the community to help me um, do all that. I got it on my website at mattmooney.net um, backslash camp. Um, so you can see all the information on there and for people who want to sponsor campers too, you can sponsor on my website. Um, you can apply for scholarship on my website and you can register on my website and yeah, this year is going to be the best year yet. And, um, I'm going to have some form, some of the players from this sweet 16 team are going to be making an appearance. I can't say who yet, but they're going to show up because I know the kids, I'm old now. They forgot about me and, and some other guys. So we get, we're bringing some guys from okay. this year's team and, uh, and yeah. And, and it's not just, uh, I understand that some camps are just, they just try to make money and I really want to try not to do that. You know, I want to try to use, I, I've been blessed to play for a ton of different coaches and play for some awesome coaches, awesome player development guys. And I want to teach a lot of that stuff to the kids. Um, and help them get better. So well, that's what we're going to do. Um, for interested businesses or maybe interested Texas Tech podcasts, uh, how much is it to sponsor a, a camper? Yeah, actually, I need to touch on something else. But to sponsor a camper is, uh, so it's 240 for the four days. So to sponsor one camper would be 240. Um, but that act, that money would actually probably sponsor more than one camper because most of the discounts we give are 25% off, 50% off. We try to work with people on what they can afford. Um, well, we're doing a special giveaway. So if either of you guys know anybody wants to sponsor camp over $500, you get to compete in a three point contest against the other sponsors in front of the whole camp. All right. So start working, tell you, tell your guys, start working on a three point shot and the winner gets uh my game worn jerseys from when I was on a 10 day with the Knicks this year. So, nice. um, and something else, but the, for sure, the, the game worn Jersey. And, uh, 
Yeah, and a chance for bragging rights and, and video footage. You can tell everybody, hey, I won a three-point contest. So Absolutely. I think we'd have uh, yeah. to bring in a ringer if we had any yeah. chance at that. Yeah, we might have to add uh, – I don't know. We might – we might make a third uh, guy to the podcast before we, yeah, can, we uh, might make Davide Moretti a, a co-host so he can do the three-point contest for us. Wait, you can pick somebody that's related to you. So I don't know if Moretti okay. would qualify. Okay. Right. Well, no, we're yeah. brothers. Yeah. 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 Um, well, cool. So mattmooney.net, if folks want to learn more about the camp, uh, if they want to inquire about scholarships, and is there still room to for more kids to register? Yeah, yeah. There's more okay. room. Um you know, the high school group is is the most room left, um, but the other groups, there's probably still about 30 to 40 percent um, of capacity. So there's room. Okay. We're still trying to get kids in there. Awesome. I did want to ask before we uh, let you go, the 318 Foundation, too. Tell us what you're doing with that. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, that foundation is, uh, you know, I started it after my dad passed away um, about uh, you know, he, he passed in, uh, 2021, January of 2021. Um, and he, my dad was awesome. Okay. He was just, he was an awesome guy and uh, great dad, um, cancer. And, you know, so, uh, he, he taught me how to play. He taught me everything. And he was always, he was just always there. You know, he was supporting me and came to my games. He came to a ton of my tech games. He came to the tournament. I mean, that was just, the coolest thing to experience with that with him. Um, so anyways, when he passed and, um, you know, just, I just was thinking like, all right, how can I, how can I honor him? And how can I also honor the Lord? Because, you know, God has given me so much. He's given me a gift like basketball. Yes. I've worked hard at it. I've worked my, I've worked really hard, but God gave me a gift. I mean, I wouldn't be here without the God given ability. So, um, you know, I just I just wanted to try to put those two things together. And what we do is, you know, we provide free workouts to kids who can't afford training or workouts um, and mixed in with some spiritual mentorship. So just teaching them about teaching them about scripture and um, identity and, you know, how to treat, you know, young young men, how you treat women, um, which, you know, I messed up at a lot in my life probably sharing too much for this podcast right now, but um, we, we just try to be good examples for the young kids. And we tie in basketball because a lot of kids don't have fathers or people that they can train with. Um, so I'm trying to do a lot more with that this summer. And my camp is a way to do that. I kind of try to mix the two in my camp as well. Thanks for asking about that, Rob. Yeah. Hey man, we, we really appreciate you. And, and we're so glad that you are a part of the Texas tech family. Um, even if it is just one year and, and we're rooting for your success, your startup, your camps, and obviously in your basketball career, put us down for a, a kid. We'll go to the website and, and do that too. But we really appreciate you coming on with us, man. Thanks guys. Either one of you want to be in the three point contest. I could, I could I'll let do you it, in, man. But... I could huh? probably hit, I can Kyle's probably hit in. about uh, 15%. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. We got a uh, follow up. It's going to be on, uh, I got it on my, uh, my Instagram, but I think it's, we're going to do it on Wednesday, either after the first or second session. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll stay in touch on that, but that'll right. be great. Yeah. We're going to sponsor a kid because, you know, hey, we believe in what you're doing on and off the court and, you know, it's important for uh, young men and women, I guess, come to the camp and um, learn the skills on the court and also learn about, you know, how discipline, things like that helps you off the court. And so, we'd be honored to, to help a camper um, who otherwise might not be able to make it uh, show up this summer and appreciate awesome. you coming back to Lubbock and, and sewing more into the Lubbock community. You know, you, you could have played one year and just left, but, you know, coming back and um, giving back to the community is awesome to see. And, and we, we really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, for sure, man. Lubbock's given me more than I could ever have imagined, to be honest with you guys. And uh, if you think of a kid, that you want to sponsor specifically, you can do that. Your money can go straight to them or okay. we can, we can pick um, through our, the scholarship process up to you guys. Okay. Very good. Well, we will stay in touch on that. And uh, moon swag again, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, we had a blast and uh, we will be in touch ahead of your camp this summer. Okay. All right. Thanks guys. All appreciate right. it. Thanks man. Take care. Guns up. Go air Raiders. Yep. <laughs>
That was Matt Mooney. The full interview, you can listen to, to him, Kyle, and I uh, discussing his career at Texas Tech, the lead-up to his career, the transfer portal, uh, NIL opportunities, and more, uh, as well as his entry into the basketball tournament and the disappearance of his nickname, Moonswag, all on Patreon. Uh, you can find it linked to our Twitter bio or just patreon.com, then search Gambling Gaucho's. He, uh, he kind of had an interesting take on Chris Beard. He did. And I guess I was a little bit surprised by it. I don't want to offer any spoilers. I don't, I don't even know if I necessarily disagree with it, but I, th- I thought it was interesting. So we, we can leave it there. He's a he's a very well – I've always been a big fan of just Matt Mooney, the human oh, being. Yeah, love him. Uh, and also, no spoilers, but three-point contest coming up. Yeah, uh, all I can say right now is stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, keep that elbow in, man, when you're going. All right. Kobe. All right. Top 10 Texas Tech quarterbacks, 2,000 on. How would you rank? And you don't have to do them all because I'm putting you on the spot. But low end, low end, does does Davis Webb – Crack the top 10? Is Baker Mayfield the only winning record for Cliff Kingsbury cracking the top 10? Um, um, we got so Alan Bowman in there. What's the obvious on? the obvious would be the consecutive guys. Kingsbury, Simmons, Hodges, Cumbie. I got Hodges and Cumbie flipped there. That's going to be all, in the middle. Yeah, they all had great seasons um, other than Kingsbury. Only got to play one year. But uh, Mahomes, just because of the talent, perhaps – Either the most underrated quarterback, maybe the most underrated player in some time, Seth Dagey. Seth Dagey would be I love Seth Dagey. in front of the rest that you've just named? Uh, he's in the middle of that pack. I'd have to look at it okay. and sort it out. He's yeah. in yeah, there somewhere with Cumbie Hodges. Um, he also had some longevity. He was a starter for two years. Yep. So and that's it was, what... he had to deal with Neil Brown. Right? <laughs> and I think that's underrated. So that's six guys. Um, looking back, Nick Shimanek. Back at you. <laughs> I think Nick Shimanek. Um, there were a lot of seasons since 2017 where I was like, I wish we had Nick Shimanek back there. Right. Nick Shimanek is on my list. So he'd be he's probably, in the top ten. He's seventh or so. Um, you haven't I'd said have go back one yet. Oh, Harold, of course. Yeah. There you go. Uh, sorry, I thought I, I guess I just completely glossed over that. Yeah. So that'd be number eight. So I'm down to nine and ten. Um, do you just go pots and sticks to round it out? See, sticks through I think 500 passes or less, 150 passes maybe in his yeah, he, career. He wasn't ever, ever a full pots starter. Basically a two year starter. Do you go? I mean, Shuck has Can, started three games. Donovan started five. Can you put Nick. Nick in there instead of Taylor? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a game on Getty, uh, and I'll have to go back and look, but there's a game with Taylor Potts, and all of the photos are just from the front. <laughs> and I wonder if they've gone back and watched all of the photos that say Nick on the back of his jersey. I mean, do you have to say Alan Bowman just like by default? No, you don't. I, he is not in my top 10. Okay. I mean, I don't I think, think super highly of him, but no. I mean, Davis Webb was a, a Big Twelve freshman of the year. Yeah, I, I think Davis Webb would crack the top ten. So I'm down to one guy. Um, right. I, I guess it'd be Potts or Bowman. Heck, maybe Donovan. How many? How many guys on that list can claim they won a bowl game? You know, right uh, against you know a, a pretty good team against the guy who coached the other six guys on the list. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. Like, like Cody Hodges, where do you put him? Is he one of the best quarterbacks in Texas Tech history? I don't know, but how many of how many Texas Tech quarterbacks started a Cotton Bowl season? Yeah. Um, right. And then Sonny Cumbie only played one year, but beat, beat Aaron so Rodgers in the the Holiday Bowl. Look at the schedule. Cody Hodges played, beat OU in Nebraska, played national champion Texas in Austin, played Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. 
And I don't remember if A&M was good that year. They were kind of hit or miss in the 2000s. I want to say they beat A&M that year. Is that correct? Ooh. I don't remember. Uh, 2005? I can't remember. I'm, I I don't know on that. But to, yeah, BJ was in 03. Even just beating OU and Nebraska Hodges, yeah. in the same season is pretty incredible. Um, I guess they didn't have any notable non-cons that year. That was like Florida International and Northwestern State or you know something like that. Right. But anyway, impressive. I think they were nine and three in the regular season. Had a shot, um, obviously, to have a ten win season in the Cotton Bowl, if not for the ugliest made kick I've ever seen in my life. And the dude's knee was down early in the game. Mm-hmm. Caught the pass uh, on his knee, the hitch route. Yeah, Hodges uh, is one see, of those guys. If he had two years, yeah. like like Potts or Daigie, I think he'd yeah. be in that upper echelon for sure. Uh, Florida International, Sam Houston State, Indiana State is the non-con. <laughs> uh, and then Kansas, and this is 05. Yeah. Oh, then they beat Kansas State that year. Who I think- uh, beat Nebraska by 10 in Nebraska. Beat Kansas State by 21, 65-44. That was the Dwayne Slay hit. At home, yeah. Uh, beat, lost to Texas... Beat Baylor and AM 44-29. AM at home. I watched that game from the grass. Yep. On the double T. So Cody Hodges beat AM, Nebraska, and OU in the same season. Yeah. Lost to the eventual national champion undefeated in at their home stadium. Yep. And lost to Alabama at the Cotton Bowl in a game that very, very easily could have gone the other way. That game. Ugh. Brutal. Brutal. I remember watching it. Oh, I was also just reading passing attempts and completions, not scores. What an idiot. Oh, <laughs> 29 of 44. Not bad. What an idiot. Anyways, go ahead. Um, One by 21 points. <laughs> so, yeah, Hodges is right in the thick of it there with a guy like BJ Simmons, in my opinion. Man, I always kind of chalked up. Cody Hodges is the worst of that group? No, I don't think so. I don't know, man. He the the other thing that's just difficult. thinking back, I was just and it, it always just seemed like at the end of the year, Graham Harrell was so ready to take over. And I remember thinking in that cotton bowl, just put Graham in. What are we doing? But maybe that's just me being unfair because just revisionist history, probably. Yeah. And the other struggle I have ranking Texas Tech quarterbacks. Mahomes gives me a lot of difficulty because yeah. he was the best in terms of talent, but his teams accomplished less than all the Kingsbury, Simmons, Harrell, Hodges, Cumbie teams. And so it, it's just how do you weight the – if Mahomes went eight and four one year here, he'd be you know second to only Harrell as far as time spent in Lubbock. But, yeah. but he didn't go eight and four here. That's the whole issue. So. Do you want to guess the fifth leading tackler in uh, Texas Tech in 2005? Oh, gosh, the fifth leading tackler in 2005. This is leading somewhere. That's your hint. Okay. Um, putting me on the spot a little bit. Um, Dwayne Slay was like Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, so I imagine he was higher yeah, yeah, yeah. than fifth. He was the leader. Um, His gosh. name came up this week. Um, His son name. plays in high school. Son plays in I'm, am I blanking on like his really son, obvious hints? His son was offered by Texas Tech this week. Oh, um, Paul. No. Well, he might have been too. Oh, but I'm talking oh about um, Meeks. Vincent Meeks. Vincent Meeks. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Paul Williams. I think it was the last time. His son was also offered by Tech. Nice. Earlier. And he was a linebacker in 2005, I think. But yeah, so, v- Vincent Meeks. Does that, like, that's borderline. I know you're still like, what, in third grade in 2005, but. That's borderline making me feel old as like what a high school sophomore in 2005, maybe even a junior football season, 2005. That's tough. No, that's sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah. Does it make you feel old that Vincent makes his kid was offered a scholarship? Yeah. And the dude, like, what did I see a four, four, three? It's fast. It's fast. And another kid, Dingle, by the way, commits today. Okay, Miguel, is that who it was? Miguel Dingle Jr., 106% committed. 
By the way, there's no such thing as 106. It's 100. You can't be more than 100%. Uh, Dangle, a 13-5 in the 110 hurdles at 6-1-2-10. Is this, the, is this the linebacker I was telling you about? Yes, a 4-4-5-40 linebacker, 2-10-6-1. So there's a um, secret, not-so-secret poster on Red Raider Sports with a lot of insight into Texas Tech's current scouting and recruiting. And he said there are 12, 12 high school prospects that played linebacker who ran that hurdles time, weighed that much. And there's one other metric he was looking at. Ten of those 12 uh, currently play or used to play in the NFL. The 11th probably would have, but he was involved in a forklift accident. And the 12th is this kid. So we've talked about it before, but they're looking at all kinds of um, – measurables and metrics on these guys they know what they're looking for it's not just all on tape i mean they're looking at crazy stuff like ankle flexibility and right these these guys you know they don't have offers but they're finding diamonds in the rough or guys that can at least be molded into that potentially you know they're finding the guys who fit the profile that might not necessarily have the tape yet and then they're also just getting a ton of four stars as well who have both so by the way that info uh from the discord if you want to join our Patreon, you would have had that info early. I think it was Chase that posted in the Discord. Uh, I'll say this too. The the 2023 class that's wrapping up here, Kyle, um, I, I'm not asking you to like spoil anything, but how many bodies do you think are added to that? Because there is some flexibility now. Uh, I think it's uncapped if you want to go further. Uh, but otherwise it kind of seems like they're moving on to 2024. Yeah, I, th- I think they're probably down. I would have to look at who they have, but you're probably down to the point where like you have one or two spots per position group left. And in a lot of cases, it's probably the case that the first guy who commits is, you know, like I'm, I'm just making this up for an example. Like, okay, we have one linebacker spot open. We have five committable offers out. Whichever one of you wants to be the last linebacker in this class, hop on board. And as soon as one of you commits, we'll probably stop recruiting the other four. So you're probably down to being a little bit pickier and just sort of rounding out some position groups. You know, there were other classes in the past where you're like, you're at this point or even much later and you're like, okay, we don't have a quarterback yet. We only have one offensive lineman. Like we need to add numbers there. But I think you've got a lot of diversity at the positions you've recruited. And so you're probably just, yeah, counting the number of scholarships, counting the numbers, saying, okay, we need one more guy on the defensive line, one more linebacker, stuff like that. So this uh, Dingle character, six one two ten, and this in the past, if it was Matt Wells or Cliff, I would be kind of freaking out at this. But because it's this scouting department, uh, I'm one hundred percent behind this kid. You ready? Two offers. This is a twenty twenty three prospect. Two offers. Charlotte and Texas Tech. Unrated, zero stars. Yeah. But I trust implicitly that this kid is just the athlete that's going to be put in the right position. I'll go back to what Joey McGuire told us at the Lubbock Rotary Club several months ago. He said, when we offer a guy and he has no offers, don't worry. Our scouts are just better than everybody else's. And until that is proven inaccurate, you know, like – to me, they've gotten it right more often than they've gotten it wrong. Tavares Elston, the kid from Alabama, you offered him. He had two group of five offers. Right after you offer him, he gets rated a 5.7 high-end three-star on rivals. And then UCF and a couple power fives come after him. So it used to be the case when I saw a kid with no offers get offered by past coaches. I thought, okay, they're just they're not fishing in the same pond as Oklahoma State and Baylor. Now, when you offer a kid like that, I just think to myself, they found a stud before anybody else found him. Yeah. And that is a great place to be in. I love it. Speaking of studs, Luke Jones from the Lubbock Matadors, we spoke to him. We're going to give you his interview in full now. Really, really fun to talk to. Uh, great West Texas accent. Let's talk to Luke Jones here 
from the Lubbock Matadors, another great sponsor of ours. Here's Luke Jones. This is Luke Jones from the Lubbock Matadors. How you doing, Luke? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you both? Fantastic. Doing well. And uh, I hear a bit of an accent. Is that uh, West Texas you're from? or? No, uh, I'm from England, the UK, a bit okay. far away, the other side of the pond. Yeah, across the pond. <laughs> Just a hop skip, huh? Uh, how are you enjoying Lubbock? I am really enjoying it. It's a fantastic opportunity for me to come here. Uh, my college is in Indiana, so it's uh, quite a far, far away uh, to come to Texas. But the heat, I'm enjoying it, the community, everything. Uh, it's uh, definitely a lot different, but completely enjoying it. Yeah, how does how does Lubbock and and your university in Indiana uh, how does that compare to your hometown back in the UK? Uh, so I'm from rugby in the uh, in the UK. Um, the difference is like um, I don't know in Texas, like it's very dry, like the winds very dusty. That's definitely something I've uh, had to get used to, and the temperature being 100 Fahrenheit every day has definitely been a struggle, but I've got a nice tan, so I can't really complain. My mum's very jealous of me because uh, the weather's not really, uh, doesn't really get that warm in the UK, but yeah. yeah. Um, so you, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, but you scored the first goal in Lubbock Matador's history. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but as a, as a native West Texan, I do, mm-hmm. you scored it Eight minutes and six, or yeah, eight minutes, six seconds into the game, eight oh six, which is our telephone area code out here. So wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I saw I missed the opener, but Rob was tweeting. He said, you know, we just scored the first goal in Matador's history at eight oh six, and I was like, that's just the coolest thing ever. But um, meant to be. Yeah, so I'm sure you scored a lot of goals, you know, in your collegiate career, your mm-hmm. uh, your career as a youth soccer player, but. Um, have you, had you scored a, a professional goal before, or was that your first as well? Uh, for the MPSL, yeah, this is probably. But just in my career, I felt like this is the most proudest moment, definitely, uh, to score the first goal for this club is obviously a big achievement for me personally. And hopefully I've got two more after that. So hopefully to score some more goals is definitely on the agenda for sure. But th- the first goal was definitely up there as my best soccer moment, definitely. Uh, how do you feel the Matadors are progressing in, in year mm-hmm. one? Just not only as a team on the pitch, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe just as a as a unit off the field as well. Uh, what uh, the people on and off the pitch has done is fantastic. You know, the professional environment, we have GPSs, we have sports science people working with us uh, to help on our workload, etc. Uh, the stuff, the involvement with the community. So with the soccer camps, uh, we actually have a soccer camp coming up next month, the start of July. Um, We get 4,000 people to our home games, which is fantastic. Uh, Even today, uh, every Monday, we go to Texas Roadhouse. Uh, Fans come along as well. So just little details like that just create a really professional environment. And that's something that I've never experienced as a player. So coming here and taking that just gives me so much more extra motivation to continue to perform. Yeah, and it's been cool to see from the fans' perspective as well. You know, the Mm -hmm. Lubbock Matadors, I know, is a new team for you and all the players and coaches, but it's also new to us fans. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know um, how many people would show up to the games. And once they showed up, I was like, okay, is this this a good crowd? Is this an average crowd? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see the social media clips when y'all go play in other cities – And it looks like to me, Lubbock has one of the biggest crowds, if not the biggest. Um, Can you speak to that as far as the home environment and the fans here versus when you all go on the road? Yeah, definitely. For the home games, we get so many people. It's amazing being on the pitch, the support that we get. Um, And then going to the away games, getting considerably a lot less people. So really the community vibe here is fantastic. And if we can carry this on, get some more wins, hopefully get even more people out. That would be fantastic as well. But like you say, uh, the support here is really overwhelming. We appreciate it a lot. So on Saturday, your last game, you just dog stomped Austin, which was mm-hmm. awesome. What was it? Five mm-hmm. nil. Yep. Uh, Temple coming up mm-hmm. tomorrow, Wednesday. If you're listening to this, uh, maybe not on Tuesday when we're recording, but and then you have Irving on Saturday, then one final home game 
yep. in July against Denton. Mm-hmm. Um, three out of four at home. Uh, you need you need a strong finish. We do. Um, how does that shape up? I mean, for a summer team, you you start off with a, a roster of all new players, and to get the chemistry together, to get the coaching points that coach is trying to incorporate in the team, the culture, it takes time, definitely. But we're at that point now where we know everyone, we're really bonding, and the results are are definitely going to come. I feel confident in that. Yeah, you guys are in an interesting spot right now. You know, I looked at the. Um, I looked at the table, not the standings, but the table. Uh, I'm learning the the soccer lingo. That's why uh, uh, I was impressed when Rob said nil instead of zero a minute ago. But um, or did pitch as well? Thank yeah, pitch. Ah, yes, so, yes, 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 I got you. So you guys are kind of at the middle of the table. You know, have an opportunity to either move up or down from there. Mm-hmm. Um, give us kind of a look ahead at. Uh, you know, I know you don't want to look too far ahead in terms of overlooking mm-hmm. opponents, but. Um, do you think you'll have an opportunity to, to secure some wins um, as you go down the stretch here? Yeah, definitely. So before the last home game, we had a really long away stretch of about three and a half weeks. And not being able to play at home was a real struggle. The travel was long. Um, we didn't get the result we wanted. We could have got uh, one good result against Brownsville, but unfortunately it didn't come off. So we're really, really um, focusing on these next home games <clears throat> we've secured the first home game and obviously we've got two more. We're on good momentum, so uh, we do feel confident. But for our um, for our standings, it is really important that we get six points out of the next two home games, definitely. Is that, uh, how does that work? Two points for a win? No, no. So it would be three points for a win, one point for a tie or a draw, and then zero for the loss. But I know in uh, uh, college soccer, if you tie, then it goes to overtime and it's kind of like golden goal. Whereas uh, for this league, it's uh, you just take the draw, which is one point, which is a bit different. Yeah. So th- they didn't tell us that you're from the UK when we uh, signed up for this interview. So I've got mm-hmm. all kinds of questions out of left field for you. <laughs> if you'll go down the rabbit hole with me. Of course. Um, first and foremost, if I'm not mistaken – the United States and England are in the same World Cup group yes. um, this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- I guess generally, high level, what are your thoughts on the World Cup coming up? And um, obviously, I know you're going to root for your home country, but uh, do you have any secondary allegiances or you know players that you like to root for uh, besides just the English national team? Um, my dad's, um, well, my granddad is actually Welsh uh, and Wales are in the the same group as England and America as oh, well. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, my second team would definitely be Wales. Um, but I feel like England are strong uh, favourites this year. And if we lose to America, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Yeah. I'm not going to say much more on that. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I remember when they were in the same group in, uh, I guess it was 2010. Yeah. And, and you, know- you won 1-0, I think, was it? I think I think it was a draw, and it, it shouldn't have been. You know, England was a better team, but uh, there was a, a, a pretty weak shot got away from y'all's keeper, mm-hmm. and I think it was one one. And then uh, we tied Slovenia in the second mm-hmm. game. Uh, should have won. We were down two nil at halftime. Should have won three two, but uh, the referee screwed us over. Uh, called a non-existent. Of course foul. they did. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. You go. I'll send you the YouTube video. Uh, and then the third game. I think it was in stoppage time, and they uh, beat Algeria 1-0, and we barely got through somehow on five points, even though I think Slovenia and England were way better that year. But anyway, you know, in the U.S., expectations are obviously very different. It's just kind of like we just want to make the knockout stage, Um, whereas I know countries like England and Germany, Argentina, they want to go, you know, all the way. So There is a a lot of promise, though. For the 2026, you're hosting uh, some of the games in the U.S., Mexico yeah. and uh, Canada and I feel like by that time you've got a, a lot of good young uh, soccer players who would hopefully hopefully reach the the level for that time so I'm yeah. I'll, I'll be hopeful definitely very good um do you watch Ted Lasso no I've been told okay. a lot but unfortunately yeah. I don't have Apple TV otherwise I would give okay it a yeah it, have you it, seen it, it? yeah it, it's kind of the opposite of your situation it's you know uh, an American football coach 
goes mm-hmm. across the pond, has no idea what he's doing, coaching a, a soccer team. And, uh, but you know, he starts to get the hang of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, you, you might enjoy it kind of from the opposite of your perspective yeah, as a you know student best. athlete coming over from England. So, uh, if you do get Apple TV someday, you should check it out. I'll definitely give it a go. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. Do you have any soccer movies that you want to give him, Kyle? Uh, maybe the Big Green oh, or something. Yeah. Back the-, <laughs> the Big Green. Uh, shoot, uh, I don't know many soccer movies. I, I never saw it like the- Beckham. I yeah. never saw yeah, that one. Good. All right. Have you seen uh, Goal before? No, I don't think so. Goal? Uh-uh. Uh, okay. I think uh, there's one called Green Street as well about the football hooligans. I was about to you say know? that's my favorite yeah. soccer movie. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite. Green hooligans. Have either of y'all seen? Movie. Um, it was a an ESPN 30 for 30 called The Tale of Two Escobars. It was about a Colombian national team player. Oh, I've heard the story. It's a real story, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, really? a, a documentary based on real events. Um, that's the you know, that's the closest I have to a, a soccer movie, Rob. <laughs> you need to check out Green Street Hooligans. That's yeah. uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the Hobbit. Uh, yes, I, I yeah, oh, it's on my name? tongue as well. Elijah uh, Elijah Wood. I think. Well, uh, uh, maybe not. Uh, so, do you have like a pro comp, maybe that you would you compare yourself to? Uh, we're like talking a, about the World Cup. Some some maybe famous soccer player that that people would say, "Oh, that Luke Jones guy. He, he plays like him." Uh, to be honest, uh, a lot of my teammates say, but he, he's uh, one of my favorites as well. Is Phil Foden? He's an English midfielder. He plays for Manchester City. Uh, we're both left-footed. Um, I see some of his qualities in my own game as well, but obviously he's he's the next level. But uh, before games, I always like to watch his highlight videos. Uh, really motivates me, really gets me switched on in the game. But yeah, he's a top-class player, and just uh, to follow what he does is uh, helped me out a lot, definitely. That's awesome. Do you have any superstitions that you, you do before the Matadors games? Um, a coffee? Have a coffee. Um, I don't. I like to take uh, PKs. So I like to take penalties after the warm up. I have to make sure I hit it in the side netting one or two times, so right in the corner, and I don't go back into the changing room until I've hit the side netting at least twice. And I'd say that's it. So you mentioned you <clears throat> attend school in uh, Indiana. Uh, Correct. Do you play for the University of Indiana? Uh, I play for Indiana Tech, which is in Fort Wayne. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say, um, like I said, our podcast is mostly uh, focused on Texas Tech sports. Mm-hmm. We have a, a women's soccer team, but not a men's soccer team. So we can encourage our listeners and fans, if they want a men's soccer team to root for during the school year, follow you at Indiana Tech. And, you know, the people here, they're just sports crazy. And so, you know, they adopted the Lubbock Matadors. And I'm sure if they're looking for a, a collegiate men's soccer team that, uh, now that they've kind of heard from you and, and know you a little bit that we'll start pulling for Indiana tech and watching you um, after you go back to school this year. Yes, definitely. Come, come root for us. Uh, we'll be, I think this year we we've lost quite a lot of players, but our coach has been getting a lot of players in, but why is it that Texas tech don't have a men's soccer team? So great question. In I'll answer to the best I can in, in the United States um, in the collegiate athlete model, um, you have to offer the same number of men's sports programs as you do women's programs. And so, you know, obviously there's men's football teams and um, women's volleyball teams that like don't have both genders playing. Um, okay. So every now and then, you know, once you get down the line, 10 or 12 sports in some schools, you know, to make sure that the number of scholarships and number of teams is equal, um, you know, they, a lot of schools, like almost no schools in Texas or in the Big 12 Conference where Texas Tech plays have men's soccer. Um, so it's just kind of a weird deal. And like um, Iowa State plays in the same conference as Texas Tech. They don't mm-hmm. have a men's baseball team. Oh, and, okay. you know, they play other sports. So it, it's kind of weird in college. And, uh, I guess just in the sense that not every school has every sport. You know, like Texas Tech doesn't have hockey, wrestling, men's soccer, and a lot of other schools do have those sports. So it's just kind of different school by school um, on some of those. Okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. So. Yeah. It, the, the Indiana Tech coach, that's Paul Gilbert, right? The same. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. So cool. That's, that's a cool, uh, I guess, 
he recruited you to come down here with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, he was hired uh, late in the spring. So he gave me this great opportunity to come down here. But it's a win-win for me, really, because I get to know more about Paul and his culture and his playing style. And I can use that here. And then in the fall, I've already got a head start over my teammates on uh, what I need to do to perform for him. So, yeah, it's a win-win for me. Very good. Well, Luke, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. No, thank Um, you. It's been amazing speaking to you guys. Yeah, we're, we're going to be out there um, tomorrow night or, or on Wednesday night, depending on when folks are listening to this. Um, we're going to be pulling for the Lubbock Matadors the rest of the season. When when England isn't playing the United States, I'll root for them in the World Cup for you. And uh, Fantastic. We'll keep an eye out for you at uh, Indiana Tech as well once that season gets going again. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you tomorrow as well. Well, Wednesday and Saturday as well. Yes, Absolutely. sir. We'll be out there. Do you have a social media handle or anything that people can follow you on? Uh, yeah, let me pull it up. <clears throat> so, uh, Luke T. Jones 9 is the Instagram. Awesome. Instagram. All right. We'll follow you, man. Fantastic. Thank okay. you, guys. All right. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. That was Luke Jones joining us from the Lubbock Matadors here in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. That was fun, man. He was a great, uh, great talk. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed a lot of athletes in my time. Um, they're hit or miss. Yeah. <laughs> Just speaking of athletes, Luke Jones was a hit. Luke Jones was yeah. really fun. And, and Matt Mooney was too. Matt Mooney uh, always thought he was really well-spoken. Luke Jones as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did not know that he was from across the pond when we started that interview. Yeah. Uh, but he was a good sport. Yeah, he was he was so polite and yeah had yeah. some great answers to some of that and you know, you can only talk about like the upcoming game for so long. And so it was fun to talk yeah. about like the world cup and all the other stuff too. That's all I got, all man. Right. I'm just, I'm my, just going to be out thoughts. here. I'll just be out here posting more lists on Twitter and having fun with Kansas fans and OU fans and whoever you else, fans. whoever else wants this fan bases worked up yet. It, it's fluid based on how these other lists go. Are you adding the new four schools into the next throwback? Logo okay, conversation. I got to address this. A lot of people, Rob, are not content creators. Yeah. And they've never had to go late May or early June all the way to September without any games or two-a-days to talk about or anything like that. Yeah. So you got to spread it out a little bit. So now that we know the new teams are joining the Big 12 next year, We'll do these same lists without Texas and OU with the new guys in it. But like we got to save something for 2023's offseason. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't want to be left high and dry with nothing to do next summer. And I've got yeah. plenty to do with the current Big 12. So, yes, next summer, UCF's Citronaut mascot will be number one on the throwback logo. But we got to be patient. We got we to gotta let that play out for a little bit. I'll be honest. It would not be number one for me. Oh, it's absolutely number one. No. I love that logo. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I was also uh, lucky enough to be on with the Sons of UCF podcast. Uh, go find them at Sons of UCF. It was a really, really fun interview. Um, they're good dudes. They're good dudes. Excited to bring them into the fold. I'm sure we'll have one or two of them on um, as we start preparing for, as you said, 2023. Yep. All right, final thoughts? Go Cardinals, go Rahino, Barnett, Howard, and Williams, Lubbock Matadors, Code Ninjas, Lubbock, Diversified Lenders. Did I forget anybody? Just the future so. ones. Also, um, hat tip and job well done to Chris Level. He's not really going anywhere. He's leaving Tech Talk after 17 years. He'll still be doing some sideline stuff and tech basketball stuff, but... He's kind of like the goat of uh, Lubbock Radio outside of, of course, the Rob Bro Show syndicated on ESPN. But uh, I kind of doubt Chris Level listens to us, but maybe he has some friends who do. And uh, you could tell he was it was kind of an emotional exit. He did he did a good job there. So You don't think Chris Level's a gaucho? I hope he is. I, just, I feel like he's probably busy and he's got his own content <laughs> to listen You're to. The- did you hear the story of him uh, walking up to the window and dropping the F-bomb at his producer? No. <laughs> uh, you'll have to ask him about it sometime. Um, anything you want to say to Gaucho Nation, Rob? 
Uh, I posted a, an emotional journey I've been on on Twitter today. I was uh, receptive of the feedback. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's not easy for me to talk about, you know, not sports. It's pretty easy to talk about sports, but sure, life sometimes you try to keep bottled up. And um, I'm proud of the community we've built as, as a Gaucho Nation and proud of the community I've been a part of for the last seven years working at uh, Talk 1340. And it's many iterations uh, and on Twitter with the Texas Tech fan base. And I appreciate it looking to seven more years for our next yeah. Jubilee year. Absolutely. And uh, not to hijack your story, which people should definitely go read, but it has been fun. You know, this is not something you expect when you start a sports podcast, but, you know, you really do build personal relationships with people that you follow on Twitter, the guys in our Discord chat, and, you know, small stuff like what you're about to go through and, you know, like when the Gauchita was born and people chipped in for a meal train, um, you know, it makes it a lot more fun to know that we're not just talking to the void here. And like, there's real people who care about you and I, and we of course care about them back. And uh, that's probably like been one of the most rewarding parts of doing this podcast with you over the last year. So absolutely. And, and we started as internet friends and, and I like to think we're real friends now. Yeah. Even though we, same. even though we still record virtually, it's, more for convenience, not because we don't like each other. Yeah, um, we're getting a studio. We need oh, to get yeah. back from those people. Yeah, we, if anybody has a creative idea for a recording studio, wants to yeah. become a sponsor or something, hit us up. But anyway, I read it. I was real proud of you. Um, and I know you'll continue to do great things and, and make strides there. So if y'all want, that's on Rob's Twitter. Go check it out. And um, That's all I have, man. All right. Me too. Do you want to say it or should I? Love y'all. <laughs>